Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Well, I'm going to continue on the series we've been on, which is Be of This Attitude. Say that with me. Be of this attitude. What does that mean? Well, in the Gospel of Matthew, if you want to have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 5 while I am speaking. Um, Jesus was preaching. It's called the Great Sermon on the Mount. How many have heard of this? The Great Sermon on the Mount. And this is where he taught the Beatitudes. When I was in Israel a few years back, they actually took us to a place which is right off the Sea of Galilee where they believe Jesus preached this sermon. And it just gives you the Holy Ghost goosebumps, if I can put it that way, when you're up there in a place like that, overlooking the Sea of Galilee and imagining the multitudes, the hundreds and possibly thousands that were there listening to Jesus as he spoke these words. But Jesus taught his disciples and each of us to, especially as believers, to be of a certain attitude. Because I know this, the world will tell you and try to teach you their values of what an attitude is supposed to be like. How many know what I'm talking about? Tomorrow, those worldly values will be try to be um, imposed on you, pushed on you. But the Lord said, Mm-mm. you want blessings, learn to follow these attitudes. And so this is what we're going to continue to speak on today. Um, you know, I'll, I'll ask you this question today. Who had a bad attitude this week? You don't need to raise your hand. Don't go public. You can keep that to yourself. Maybe it's the person next to you. You can elbow them if you want. But all of us go through times like that where we'll have not such good attitudes. And at the end of the day, the Lord wants to remind you and I that he has a better plan for you than that. Amen? Because how many know when you have bad attitude, it doesn't go good with you. It's not good for you. It's not good for your family, for your spouse, for your children, for those that work with you. Nobody wants to be around you when you have a bad attitude. And so the Lord is working on that because in us, and uh, I'll share this, just again, a recap. I shared this last week with those that weren't here. A couple, well, about a week and a half ago, I was coming home from work from Napa, heading down at 5 o'clock right here on this highway. And you know how busy it is here at 5 o'clock every day, bumper to bumper. You're not going anywhere fast at all. I came up to Rio Del Mar, which is right down the street, and I was stopped heading this way to Vallejo. And the light was green, but I was stopped at the light. Why? Because all the traffic is backed up. You can't go anywhere. But the young girl behind me didn't pay attention to the stopped traffic and came behind me about 35 miles an hour and hit the back of my Dodge Ram bumper. How many are thankful for Dodge Ram bumpers? I know a few of us gentlemen are uh, thankful for Dodge bumpers, but she hit me so hard, her whole front end just fell off of her Honda Civic. Honda Civics, if you're driving one, be careful. That's all I'm saying. And the point of my story is, that in that moment, I could have had an attitude. I really, because I was minding my own business. I wasn't going fast. I wasn't speeding. I was driving and obeying the laws of the land, and boom, I get hit. And I pulled over to the side. We were fine. Both of us, her and her passenger were fine. Thank goodness. Uh, But her car got damaged. I had some dents 
in my truck. And uh, the point is, I could have had a bad attitude. But again, you'll be proud of your pastor. I had a good attitude. I said, we're okay, Lord. You, you, nobody got hurt. That's the main thing. Now, I know my dad knows this, but 30 years ago, or even longer than that, we were driving, and I had a very different attitude with a person. I was in an accident with my dad, but I'm not even going to go there because the Lord has forgiven me for that already. Can I say amen? Can you say amen with me? <laughs> so the point is, we can all have bad attitudes, good attitudes. And, and the problem that happens is we allow circumstances to affect our attitude. I've tried to teach my daughters this. I go, don't allow one person out of... 8 billion people on this planet to affect your attitude. You've empowered them too much. You've given them power when you do that. How many can relate to that? You know, we allow coworkers, people, the cashier at Walmart to affect us and to get at us, right? And, and you're empowering people unnecessarily. Amen. Changing gears here, 24 years ago today marks the anniversary of my son's passing. He was in the Navy, and he passed away uh, 24 years ago today. A, a week ago, he had just turned 20, and this week, a week later, he passed away. And the attitude that I have now is because I know he was a believer in his heart, I believe that one day I will see him again. Amen. Uh, I believe that some of you have loved ones that have passed away, some recently, some years ago. But if they are a believer in Christ, you too will see them again one day. Amen? Attitude is all the difference in the world. Attitude. You see, when we practice what Jesus taught, we are blessed. We are blessed. Look at your neighbor and just tell him you're going to be blessed today. All right. For the next few moments... I'm just going to talk about, and I won't keep you long today. We have a potluck afterwards, and we're going to have a great time. You're all invited for that afterwards. But uh, I want to share, and I want to start with this. Let's remember that God's blessings are conditional on our obedience. God's blessings are always conditional on your obedience. But don't confuse that with God's love. God's love is unconditional. God doesn't bless you because he loves you. No, that's backwards thinking. He loved you unconditionally, no matter how good you are or how bad you are. He still loves you the same. It doesn't change. But God does bless obedience. That's where he pours out blessing, on obedience. Amen? In the Gospel of Matthew, so if you're there, I want to read this again. We've been reading this for the last couple of weeks, but I want to read the entirety of it. Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 1 through verse 12. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. And he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. 
Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let me just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. Now I pray, God, that your word, which is anointed already, which is blessed already, Lord, that we would open our hearts and our ears to receive that word today, and we pray that we would grow from it today in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Did you catch that, what I just read, that each beatitude carries a blessing? I don't know about you, but when I read in the Word of God that there's a blessing when you do this, my ears perk up. The, uh, and I got some big ears, and they perk up when I hear and see the word blessing. So when I see this over ten times mentioned here, a blessing when this is done, a blessing when that is done, it's like, I'm all over that, like they say, like white on rice, right? And so a blessing, again, is anything that turns my focus and attention onto God. That's what a blessing is. So when my attention is not focused on God, I'm not going to get any blessings in that area. But it, when my attention and focus is now on God, I am now a prime recipient for receiving blessings. Does that make sense? So... It's very simple. And so today I want to take a look at two of these Beatitudes. We've been covering them every week. And the first one, well, it's verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Ooh, you want to get close to God? Right here. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. The first thing that we learn from this Beatitude, the first thing that we learn in this passage is that God is concerned about your heart. Throughout Scripture, it's a common theme. He cares about your heart. In fact, let me put it this way. Break it down in the physical. How many here are married? Raise your hand if you're married. Okay. When you got married, did you expect your spouse to give you half of their heart? No, that's silly. That's ridiculous, right? When you got married, you said, Honey, you better give me 100% of your heart because I'm going to give you 100% of my heart. And if it doesn't if it work that way, well, then we can talk marriage counseling after service, okay? But that's the way it's supposed to work, and that's the way it works with our Heavenly Father. He wants 100% of your heart. He doesn't just want just a Sunday because anybody can do a Sunday, he wants 100% of your heart. He knows that when he has your heart, he has you. Amen? It's a common theme. The heart is where you are. It's how you think. It's how you think when no one's looking, when no one's around. It's the thoughts you have. That's your heart. That's your heart in motion there. And one thing we've learned about these last couple of years that COVID and all the business, all the, the rebellion, the, the bickering, everything that's been going on in our, in our lives, not just in this country, but everywhere, is that people have become depressed. Lives, people have been filled with anxiety, and we try to hide that. 
Oh, we're okay. How you doing? Oh, it's so good to see you. Oh, I'm doing great. But deep inside, that person is holding back and covering anxiety, depression, pain, fear, unforgiveness, and on and on and on. But I want to remind you today, the Lord sees the heart. He sees your heart. He sees the heart that's hurting. He sees the heart that needs to repent. He sees the heart that is choosing him and has made him number one. Amen? In fact, let's turn to, I'm going to put 1 Samuel chapter 16 on the screen. 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7. Listen to this verse. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. How many are thankful for that scripture right there? We are so quick as people to just do that. What is that? You know, that is so not what a believer should do. We are not to judge people. That is God's job. Amen? That is God's job. But the Lord looks at the heart. Proverbs chapter 4, and I don't have that scripture here for you, but it tells us out of the heart spring the issues of life. Out of the heart, out of your heart spring the issues of life. The heart is very important to God. It's how you think, how you perceive things, how you act, how you behave. And that's exactly why the Lord is concerned about your heart, to develop a pure heart. Andrew, you have a pure heart. I can't say that about a lot of people, but how many know Andrew has a pure heart? He has a pure heart. The more pure your heart is, the closer you are to God. The more pure your heart is, the closer you are to God. I want you to remember that. The more pure your heart is, the closer you are to God. A pure heart is something that has nothing to do with the gossip, with the judgment, with falsehoods, with lying, deceit, conceit. I'm talking about tax time as well, being pure, being truthful. A pure heart is truthful and free from deceitfulness. As a believer, I really feel that the Holy Spirit convicts us at times, and it reminds us, nah, I don't think that's good for you. So it redirects us, amen? You know what I'm talking about if you're a believer here today. I have another scripture for you in the book of James chapter 4. These are all up on the screen. James chapter 4 and verse 8. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lord, teach us to desire more of your righteousness that we may have a pure heart. God desires a pure heart for you and I. It's not impossible. You know, I'm thankful that the old is gone, the new has come. Amen? How many are thankful for that? How many are thankful that they are now saved, that the old life is buried, done with? Amen? You see, there is, just like when we were here worshiping, there's a spiritual dynamic that happens when we're in his presence. Now, I hope and pray that you have your spiritual prayer closet at home. Maybe it's a closet, maybe it's a bedroom, maybe it's your office, maybe it's somewhere special that you get along with God, just you and God, and that you can experience God's presence there. 
See, when we get alone to worship him and when we humble ourselves and, and begin to declare praises to him, he draws near to you. And in turn, because he, here's, the, here's the principle, you can't come close to God unless you're pure. There is nothing that is sin-stained that can approach God. How many know that? You have to be pure and cleansed. So in that process of worshiping him, Lord, forgive me. Lord, cleanse me. Lord, uh, heal my heart. Uh, heal this bitterness, this unforgiveness that I've had. And when you begin to do those things, the Lord draws closer to you. Amen? Pure. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. The question is, do you want to see God? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I'm going to go on to my next one. Blessed are the peacemakers. Here's where I want to spend the majority of my time. Blessed are the peacemakers. In fact, say that with me. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Children of God. I always tell you here, you hear me say this all the time, you are a child of the king. Amen? Child of the king. There's no greater privilege than that. You are royalty. You really are in God's kingdom if you are his child. But in order to be called a child of God, you have to, you must be a peacemaker. A peacemaker. I hope that word, when you said it, didn't sound so foreign like a foreign language to you. I hope you're not that one instigating fights and stirring up fights and being the rebellious one. I hope not. Amen? Jesus is simply saying that the sons and daughters of God are peacemakers. We are naturally peacemakers. Amen? Here's one of the truths as we get older, and maybe some of you can relate to this, male and female. As I've gotten older and I look at that man in the mirror, all of a sudden sometimes I see my dad looking right back at me. Some of the characteristics, physical characteristics are looking back at me. Some of the things that we or I do or even say, it's like, that's what my dad says or my dad does. How many can relate to that, right? We have parents, maybe it's an uncle, somebody that had influence on you, a tío, a tía, whoever it might be that had influence on you. But the point is, we develop these things because we're related to that person. In similar fashion, as believers, you have the peace of God in you because that is the nature of God. He is, his nature is to be peaceful. See, when you're in the middle of a storm, when you have someone that has passed away, God gives you a peace that passes all understanding. Not only does he give you that peace, but that peace is for you to give to somebody else and for that person to give it to somebody else and so forth. That's what we have as believers. We have peace in our soul that only God can give. Throughout Scripture, God is declared to be a peacemaker. Amen? And I'm not talking about a Colt 45. Amen? Just so any of you gun aficionados out here. Being led by the Spirit always includes the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Bearing the fruit of the Spirit. The book of Galatians talks about the fruit of the Spirit. There's nine different gifts, and one of them is peace. Peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. And it is by the Spirit of God that we are made children of God. So 
the Spirit of God fills us with His peace. If you came today and your mind is filled with anxious thoughts, with turmoil, with anger, with rebellion, you don't have peace. And you need peace today. The Lord says, if you call yourself a son, a daughter of God, you will be a peacemaker. Amen? I didn't hear you loud enough. Amen? Amen. Amen. We need the Spirit of Christ in order to be peacemakers because we can't do it on our own. Just like we couldn't stop smoking and any other vice you had without the Lord's help, you can't have peace on your own. You need God's Spirit to lead you, to guide you. Amen? I'll tell you how we know that God is a peacemaker and that believers are peacemakers. But first, I want to share two things that I heard a, one of my favorite pastors share that he knows. Uh, Pastor T.D. Jakes, and I've shared this with you before. He said, there's two things he can't stand. A lazy man and a stinky woman. Okay. I just wanted to share that with you. But I know there's another thing that our Heavenly Father can't stand. And that's division. That's fighting amongst believers and anywhere but especially amongst believers, those that he's forgiven, those that he's redeemed, those that he's called, he cannot stand division amongst people like that. Amen? It breaks the heart of the Lord to see his people fighting. Just as any parent would not want to see their children fighting, our Heavenly Father doesn't want to see his children, his sons, his daughters fighting. We are to be peacemakers. Amen? peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will see God. This is why we can have men and our women, men and women in our churches that were rebellious, that didn't know God, that were always starting fights. And I know I'm talking about some of you, maybe, you know, me as well, and, and us here that came out of a background. But in that process, we came to the cross. We found Jesus Christ. And God's turned our life around and transformed us from the inside out. Amen? That's why I know that God is a peacemaker and that you and I are peacemakers because we're no longer who we used to be. Amen? We're no longer who we used to identify with. Our God redeems us, saves us, fills us with his spirit, and fills us with his peace. Can I get an amen? Amen. God's plan from the very beginning of Genesis to the book of Revelation is filled with His grace. And it's where we find joy and freedom and ultimately peace. If you missed the series I spoke on grace, go back on our Foothill American Canyon uh, Facebook page and check out the grace series. Grace is unmerited favor of God. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. But God gives it to you. Amen. God gives it to you. He blesses you with his grace, with his love, because none of us are so righteous that we deserve it. In fact, it's quite the opposite. The scriptures tell us that our righteousness, in other words, your best day is as filthy rags before Almighty God. That's what the scriptures declare. That's why we need his righteousness. That's why we need his peace, because we're not good enough. Amen? Let's go on with this uh, piece. Uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 43 through verse 45. 
I need to touch on this so that you understand a principle here. Starting in verse 33, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. That right there, if you didn't know church, you didn't know Jesus before, that should have blown you away right there when you first read that like it did me. It's like, what? Love your enemy, or love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I can do that. Yeah, that's no problem. But when Jesus steps into the picture and he says, no, love your neighbor and pray for your enemy. Love your enemies. Whoa. He's introducing a new teaching here. He's introducing something so different that they didn't have at that time. He revolutionized the whole world by this teaching right here. And it goes on to say, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Yes, that means for that person at work tomorrow morning when you see them, the one that you can't stand, the one that's going to roll your, their eyes at you when they see you. And you're going to say, hey, good morning. How you doing, Betty? It's good to see you. Hope you had a great weekend. Hey, Mark, good to see you. Actually, I shouldn't have said that. That's the name of my manager. Um, but whatever it is, you can put a, an attitude there that is godly. Amen? You have that power and the choice to do that. And you watch them change in the process. Amen? But here's, here's my question again. Did you come today with peace? Or did you bring that turmoil from some situation, from some conversation in the car on the way over here? from a plumbing problem you had at the house, from a car issue you had. There's not enough money left in the month, yet your mortgage is due, your rent is due. Did you bring that with you? I want to remind you today, you're not allowing the peace of God to flow into your spirit if that's the case. God's never going to leave you without. If you call yourself a believer, He has never left those that are believers without food or begging for food, the Bible says, ever. He will provide for you, amen? Can it be, and here's what I want to challenge you with that question that I just asked, can it be that maybe you're just not loving your enemies and praying for them? Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for them. Because it's easy to love our friends. That's easy. You don't even have to pay me to do that. But he said, love your enemies and pray for them. And I would dare say that if you don't have and are not experiencing that peace today, it could be that you have not yet learned to love your enemy and pray for your enemy. The Lord is clear on this matter. If we want to be called the sons or daughters of God, you must have peace. You must be a peacekeeper. Amen. Be a peacekeeper in this world. Again, I'm spending more time on this scripture because I believe that in this world, we see so much bickering. That's why I was talking to someone before the service. I have really kind of turned off the news. I, I, I just can't deal with it anymore because it's just constant bickering. I would watch the news every day. I, I do keep up with certain things, but I'm not invested in it like I used to be in watching it for an hour at a time. 
I just, I refuse to do that for myself because there's too much violence in it, too much bickering, back and forth, back and forth, no matter what side of the issue you're on. And I'm not going to get into all that. But instead, we should be peacemakers, amen? Peacemakers. I have a friend here in Vallejo who pastors a church called Bridgeway Church. What a beautiful name, right? Bridgeway. They're a bridge way to heaven. They're a bridge way to each other, to connect with each other. I just believe it's a beautiful name, and as believers in Christ, we should be bridge builders. Bridge builders lead to peacemakers, amen? As peacemakers, our main desire is reconciliation. Is there some place, some issue in your life where you aren't reconciled with somebody or a situation? Maybe it's at work, maybe it's at home, in your extended family. Maybe you haven't reconciled something that God has been working and dealing with, with you on it. And you're lacking that peace all because of that one simple thing. I would challenge you to pray for that person. Pray for that issue. Pray for that thing that, that has a hold of you. Amen? We need to be peacemakers. In the words of that great peaceful band called war why can't we be friends why can't we be friends amen that was one of my old-time favorite bands anyway, i just had to throw that in there you see the enemy again of of uh of your issue of your life might be that person at the workplace tomorrow it could be it could be the cashier at the grocery store could be when you're returning something to cole's department store but the lord is saying I want to give you peace in your heart. I want you to carry that peace and that you would give that peace to somebody else. How many know that's contagious? Just as COVID was contagious and, and still remains, peace is also contagious when you pass that on. Peace is contagious to those around you. Amen? Jesus said it, those words, with a longing for peace in this world. We will have peace if you pray for those situations around you that I've described. Maybe I hit home for some of those things in your life. Pray for peace. Pray for peace in your world, in your little existence. Pray for peace outwardly in this world as well. We are commanded to pray for the peace of Jerusalem even. The Bible says so. And I close with this. I told you I wasn't going to take long. But I close with uh, James chapter 3. James chapter 3 and verse 17 says this, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace-loving. First pure, then peace-loving. Check this out. Purity takes precedence over peace. Purity takes precedence over peace. Purity has to always be there. You can't have peace if you don't have purity first, purity of heart, purity in the way you think. Because if you don't have that, you won't have peace. Amen? Purity also can't be compromised in order to make peace. If God has called you to a purity in a particular area of your life, don't ever move from that. If he's called you to that, 
Don't compromise on that. Because as long as you remain pure to whatever God has called you to, you will have peace. Amen? That's how it works. Purity first, then comes peace. Purity comes from the heart of God. Without a merciful, pure, peacemaking heart, you and I cannot be called a son of God, a daughter of God, of the Most High. We can't. So it starts with purity. Where is your heart today? Where is your heart? Are you longing for more peace in your family, in your workplace, just within you? Are you longing for more peace? The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers who pray for their enemies. And also, I'll just add this, and to love on those that are hard to love on. We have family like that that are hard to love on. You know, the, the Lord says we, you know, we, can, we don't pick our family. We get to choose our friends, right? But we don't get to pick our family. And sometimes even family is hard to love on. None of you here are like that or have family like that. But I'm talking about people out there. Sometimes they're hard to love on. Again, it could be your coworker tomorrow morning. They're hard to love on, but the Lord has commanded you and I to love on them. Love on them. For you will be called sons of God, daughters of God, and you will inherit eternal life. That's the promise given to you. Amen? Would you stand with me? Do you receive that today? You receive that? Amen. Having a pure heart, having a pure heart, leads to a peaceful heart. I don't know about you, but this world, anytime you turn on the TV, look at the internet, even the social media, it's just filled with strife, with rebellion, with fights. I mean, who would have ever thought there would be competitions of people slapping each other and people watching this on social media? I mean, there's so much junk on social media, so much stuff that's the opposite of peace, that steals from us. It steals from you. God wants to give you peace, but he also wants to make sure you're pure in your heart. So let's, let's work on that. Would you promise me you'll work on that this week? Amen? Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer today. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you and we thank you. First of all, for your amazing grace, how good you are to us. Lord, we do want to one day rejoice in heaven with our loved ones that have gone on before us. Uh, Lord, we can't wait for that day to be with you, to fellowship with you and all the saints above in heaven and all those that have passed on before. But Lord, I pray that right now while we're still here, that you work on our heart. Help us to be pure, my God. Help us to make you number one, to give you 100% of our heart. And in turn, Lord, you would fill us with your peace so that we could be called the sons of God, the daughters of God here. Lord, we love you and we thank you for all of your blessings. We thank you, Father, that you have been so, so good to us. And Lord, as we close today, I want to pray not only the blessing over this church as we do every Sunday, but Lord, I also want to pray 
blessing over the food that we're going to have here in a few minutes. So, Father, we pray, God, you bless the food, bless it, nourish it to our bodies, bless the hands that made it and put it together, and we give you thanks and praise for it in Jesus' name. Now, we'll close with this. If you just lift your hands as I pray this blessing over you. The Lord bless you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.